We can talk about how much we love Jonathan's hair. I think it's like oh, it's getting very long. It's, it's like, magic, dude. Yeah. He's got that swoop back like he had when like he had when he was a student. He can he can hair flip now. I disagree. I'm a hater. What's the subject that comes up that makes you a hater? <laughs> JD, I'm a hater. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm here with Corey and James. And uh, today, we're going to talk about haters. 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 All right, so here's what I want to know. You woke up an optimist. Woke up an optimist. What's the thing in your day that might pull you into hater mode? What's the thing you might encounter that will send you to being a hater? Man, when I wake up, I... I feel like I wake up and get going so fast that 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 process doesn't like send me into being a hater. But like immediately when I get in my car, that's when the hater aid can start flowing. Cause like yeah, much like I live right off of like a main street in Akron called Exchange, and like there's a school right next to my house. So like in order to get onto the highway, I have to like pass the school zone with the uh multiple police officers in the school zone so as soon as i turn to like hit the school zone like the haterade immediately starts and it's for no reason mm-hmm. because i need to drive 20 in the school zone but as soon <laughs> like i'm trying to i'm always a few minutes late so like i turn off the street really fast but then it's immediate like because i'm like oh i'm in the school zone and then when I pass the police officers, I'm like, man, you ain't got nothing else to do except for try to pull me over. <laughs> but the reality is, like, they're sitting there because they're trying to keep the school zone safe. Yep. I mean, I think they also enjoy pulling me over. They look at my hair and they're like, yeah, we're going to get him. But, <laughs> but, but I think, I, you know, the haterade flows there. Then I get on the highway and the haterade really starts flowing because the exit that I have to get off of to like, well, it depends on what time. If I'm early, I get off the exit that's closest to the school, and that's easy, easiest. But the exit behind it, there's like a Starbucks that's off that exit. So it's always super hectic to get off that exit, mm-hmm. and the traffic's super heavy. And then I just like the haterade starts flowing because I'm like, dang, like you and your SUV that seats eight, and there's only you in there with your lululemon and your yoga pants and you're going into the starbucks to get your designer drink and making me late for work and you ain't got to go nowhere after this you going back home after this to get ready to go do yoga in 25 minutes and i'm just a brother trying to get to work the haterade starts flowing and it's not good somebody pray for me somebody pray for me and that's just like there was so much hater like that's just like like I'm I, I should I should be at the player haters ball. Somebody <laughs> pray for me. I should be with Chappelle at the player haters ball. Somebody pray for me. Oh my god, that was just dripping with hater. It was dripping with <laughs> haterade. Yeah, that was so hateful. Um, 
you know, I was with you. I was with you uh, up to a point there with the with the police officer. We were literally just talking about this. Oh, the there's other one day. that sits in our neighborhood there's and one flashes that sits lights on at a us. Road, and I'm like, I'm like, we live in Can. You got nothing else to do but you but flash your you lights at me on my road. That the best use of your time is to sit at the bottom of this hill in my neighborhood. No, and and but but. A lot more neighbors, us included, a lot more neighbors in our neighborhood have kids now. It used to be a really old neighborhood. Now it's a it's relatively a young family neighborhood. And so he's trying to keep kids safe because people come over that hill fast and could hurt a kid with their vehicle. And we don't want that to happen. But in the moment when he sticks his fingers out the window and signals two, five, it's 25 Ugh. on this road. And you're like, dude, like relax go do something that's real I, I feel you mine is usually sports related like i'll be having a real good day right and i've told you on here before like my focus is to not speak so much negativity you know like it really does like what i listen to um and what i say like really really affects um like my spirituality like it really does um but the thing that just gets me is almost always sports related it's specifically like there are specific hosts of specific shows that typically say things that i'm like you're see you're just you're just like they make money being a hater being a hater and that makes me be a hater towards you um and then there's specific people on my timeline specific people in my life who like to make consistent consistently bad arguments on facebook about why kd is better than lebron and dumb stuff like that and i'm like in what universe yeah, so did upsetting. you crawl out of where you think kd is better than lebron and it makes me like start breaking down a person i don't even know like i don't even know kd maybe he's a wonderful human being i don't know but like it just makes me start like hating on him and going through all these things that make him not as great as LeBron. And before I know it, I just lost my my positive vibe for the day. Is, is KD the dude who made the fake account to come at his haters? Was that KD? I don't remember who did yes, that. That was that was, that was KD. That's, yeah, that's a burner account. And I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. I think that's awesome. I think it's so funny. That he's a celebrity and is that petty. I James, think that's James awesome. James said, I have four burner Twitter accounts. <laughs> Uh, I just learned what a finsta was a few weeks ago. Oh, a finsta. Oh, a finsta. Yeah, the kids in my class told Super me what a finsta game, was. Yeah. On that yeah. One. yeah. Uh, so the thing that will make me a hater, um, I'm, I'm going to say some shout out Hannah Big Hair right now because she put this on her on her Instagram story the other day. And uh, I just want you to know that this uh, extroverts, extroverts, this is what... Um, all of us introverts feel like in every social encounter of all time. But um, she was talking about how she went through a Starbucks super early in the morning and her barista was like a level of peppy and a level of awake that she was not at all prepared for. And she had no idea how to respond. They were asking her questions. She said she like fumbled over her words. And then after she left, she sat and was like replaying the entire encounter over, over in her head, feeling stupider every time she replayed the encounter. And I was like, that, that is what an introvert does after nearly every high energy social gathering. And that is the time where I become the biggest hater is when I am replaying social interactions where I think I might have said something dumb 
or or where I feel like the person that I was interacting with said something kind of offensive, but I didn't confront it because I was so stunned by the offense <laughs> that, that I had no words. And so then for days, we like this stuff, I am sometimes haunted by things that were said 10 years ago in my mind because I'm like, ah, oh, if I saw that person again, this is what I would say in that interaction because I just, it, it never comes to me in that moment. And that's when I become a hater. When I'm replaying replaying scenarios where I wish I had some said something different. Yeah. So here's the reality, right? <clears throat> the reality is like we exist in a society and in a dominant culture that thrives and economically runs on being a hater. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. You don't believe me? Look at the last like few TV shows that you watched. Like, first of all, there in all likelihood, and, and let's let's let me preface this by saying I'm just talking about myself. So if this is you two, I'm not coming at you. It's we're in the same boat, right? But like number one, it's probably some form of debate show where you're sitting around and you're you're literally watching a show of people sitting around facing each other like we are right now, talking about their opinions on topics, and you're sitting there consuming their opinions, right? And and finding things that you hate about what they said, finding things you love about what they said. Uh, when when you go um and then your your evening that's your daytime shows that that you watch we, we all watch those shows in the daytime and then the evening show you watch is some form of a reality show where you're instantly forming your opinion on some on a on an entire person based off of the superficial bullcrap they the producers want you to see while their cameras were rolling leave, right leave the bachelor alone i was talking about american idol but that's <laughs> too that's it too like like man like like we we and those are both shows that we They're, that are at I the top them. of our recording <laughs> list right now. Like I'm not I'm I'm just saying. Like we we feed off of this stuff. Look at Twitter. Twitter is literally all Twitter is is Haters. people putting 140 <laughs> characters worth of their thought up on the internet. And yet it's such a significant platform because Twitter trends, right? Within seconds of something happening. It's instantly trending on Twitter. And what are all the tweets? They make us laugh. We cry. We lose so much time of our life searching the Twitter timeline, but it's all hateful, mean stuff towards a particular topic. And the entire like foundation of that is the fact that everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be heard. Everybody has a voice. Everybody wants wants to to feel like they're heard or they're valued. But unfortunately, by and large, what catches our attention in society is the negative thoughts. It's like it's like the negative stuff that people said. I wish I had it like specifically in front of me. I should have googled it while you guys were talking. Um, but there was like a there's like a story about this newspaper a long time ago that decided that. Uh, that once every every year they were gonna one month of their of their news was going to be all positive, and consistently across the board it was their worst selling issue always. Uh, what that is wild. 
people thrive and run to like that's what catches our attention is the negative stuff look at the way that you ever like clickbait like you ever like click on something you're like that ended up being nothing but the reason it caught my attention and and the reason i clicked on it was because it was something wildly negative that i couldn't believe was true and then i clicked on it and it was actually nothing that's what catches our attention it's negativity now help me create this distinction in my head so what is the difference between being a hater and constructive criticism? Dude, that is a great question. That's a great question. Um, I think I think initially I would say the difference between cr- constructive criticism and being a hater is all about the posture of the people involved. So for me, like if I'm going to offer you constructive criticism and it not be me being a hater, I need to have, um, I need to want to teach or correct from a humble and loving posture. Like you're my brother. I'm trying to help you out. And you need to be able and willing to receive from a humble posture of like, yeah, like, like I'm open. Tell me, you know, I think, I think when we are in a place where we're just like, we're just anxious and we're thirsty, like we're too ready to like, let somebody know what we think. Like, oh, I heard you, like you were talking like this and you, like a few minutes ago, you know, Rachel, Rachel said stupider. And I wanted so badly to be like almost as stupid as saying stupider. Like oh, that's no. me being a hater. That's me being a hater. Like, like I did that. Like I, I, that's me being a hater, right? Like that's not from a humble posture being like, let me help you get better. And then you being able to humbly receive that's me just 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 wanting just wanting to critique. I also think like being a hater comes from the posture of I need you to know that I'm more right than you. Mm. Like and that that's what's wrong with being a hater. It's like we think we know better or we think differently than the person who is who is presenting and I cannot escape this burning passion inside of me to let the world know via social media or raised hand that I'm right and they're wrong. So for me it's about posture. Yeah, I think I think the difference for me comes from what the goal is for that statement, mm-hmm. which is similar, similar to posture. So maybe it's just the question to ask to, to check your posture is what's the goal of this statement. So am I giving this correction with the goal of you feeling like garbage about yourself <laughs> right. at the end of it, or is the goal of my statement so that you can walk into that same situation and do better next time? Mm-hmm. Because that, for me, that's what tells me if my posture mm-hmm. of wanting to confront something is constructive criticism or being a hater. What is my goal with what I'm about to say? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like am I trying to like make them feel as bad as they just made me feel? Mm-hmm. Or do I genuinely love this person and I'm like, ah, like, let me, let me, let me, let me be on the lookout squad. <laughs> right. Like, like, let me look out. Yeah. I'll never forget in 2012 when I was in a room. They changed my life. I was at uh, a local church around here, and one of the pastors of the local church started drawing 
smiley faces on a whiteboard <laughs> and he like said God was for people. And it hit me in the face. Like I'm like, dang, God is for people. But in his explanation, he just talked about how the gospel presents an opportunity for flourishing. That's mm-hmm. like my language put to what he said, but it was that idea that yep. like the gospel presents an opportunity for flourishing. And I think like if you're a hater, like there's no opportunity for flourishing. Mm-hmm. Like you find your flourishing and like their destruction. And I think that's like the Ooh. that's the that's the hater age for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's a statement. You find your flourishing in their destruction. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hater. And that that's, for me that's is gonna like, get you lonely underneath a tree, Jonah. Lonely underneath <laughs> a tree. But think about like think about the last year. Like think about like what we've seen on social media. Oh like my that. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Like the joy and like the adrenaline rush that like folks get from like proving someone is stupid, like on a Facebook post. Man, COVID gave the people who didn't have time to be a hater a lot of time to be a (laughs) hater. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And what was wild about it, like for me, when I think about the difference between constructive criticism and being a hater, it's like the difference between like construction and like, yeah, destruction, like construction, like in our community, like housing is a big thing. So we like work in housing. And like, when I see like our housing team at the well, like construct something, like it's multiple people, like taking all these resources to like build something new and build something beautiful and see something repaired or see something restored, like, that's constructive criticism. Now, that's a difficult process. Like, it takes hammers and nails mm-hmm. and tools, and it takes sweat equity, and it takes money. Like, it's a mm-hmm. difficult process, just like constructive criticism is. Like, it's a difficult process. Like, some of the yeah. best criticism that I've ever got that's been constructive, man, it stung at first. Stung. Like, it, it stung mm-hmm. at first. I remember one time uh, my boss came into the youth building to like watch like one of my sermons and he was like, he was like, sounds good. That's just not what the scripture meant. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and it just like, he's like, he's like, he's like, that sounded great and it felt great. But he's like, that's just not what that parable meant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh dang. That's but, such for a preacher, that's such yeah, a dagger. It was, it was horrible. That's like telling a chef, like, your presentation was dope, but that food tastes like garbage. <laughs> yeah. Didn't didn't you have a preacher once that said to you, like, that was great, but you said nothing. No, he said, he said, I'll never forget it. I, I I relate to that. It stung so bad, but I needed to hear it. He said, Don't ever mistake passion for content. Dang. Yeah. In in other words, don't think because you up there hype, screaming, veins popping, you're hooping and hollering that you said anything. And that stung, but I needed to hear it. That was constructive mm-hmm. criticism. Yeah, and that's constructive criticism. And like I know that dude loves me. That's yes. why mm-hmm. yeah. he said that cuz he loves me and he loved the students and he loved our church like and that's why he said that. But like on opposite ends, like, man, there's haters who, like, will say that, and, yeah, they they pour it, they pour it on. Yeah. Like, it's destructive, because the, the goal, the end goal is not for you to be better, and for you to, like, 
go and like process and reset and be better. The goal is like literally for them to be higher than you, yeah. for them to push you down and for them to be higher. So let me ask this question. Um, so curious to see where this goes. Can you give constructive criticism to someone you dislike? <laughs> Your face just now. <clears throat> Can you give constructive criticism to someone you dislike? I can't because <laughs> my my sanctification is in process. As John Mayer will say, I'm in repair. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> my level of sanctification is not there to do that. But I think you can object like you can in a very like objective sense. It's possible. It's possible for the for the most spiritual person. <laughs> it is possible. I don't, I'm with you. I don't know if I'm saved enough to be able to pull that off, uh, to be able to pass up the opportunity to take a jab at my enemy. Like that's oh, that's tough. Um, yeah, I agree though. Objectively, I think I think it's 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 possible. Um, insofar as you can remain in the posture of, um, I, I I am trying. I see the value of this person as an image bearer, and I'm trying to build them up as Christ would have me do. I mean, all of us have been in positions of of coaching in various ways. Actually, all three of us have held positions of of uh, coaching in in different areas at a university up the street, and I have had to give constructive criticism to students I didn't like. Is that okay for me to admit? Like, you just gave me a look. Like, I, yeah. listen, like, I've had to give constructive yeah. criticism to students I didn't like. But the way you're able to do that in, in that setting is your, again, like, your posture has to be, like, this person has value. God sees value in this person, and this person will do th big things in the kingdom of God. I have been placed in a in a spot of responsibility in a position of responsibility to edify and help build up this individual in front of me my personal feelings on the way they carry themselves or their quirky personality is irrelevant in this moment and it is my spiritual responsibility to sharpen this student and that in turn sharpens me as well so I think it's possible. It's just, you know, yeah, it's a very tight rope. Yeah. I think before I give critique, a lot of times, like the practice that I've given myself is asking the question, would I say this if this person were blank? So fill in the blank. Um, would I critique this woman like this if she were a man? Would mm. I critique this child like this if they were this other child? So even looking at my own kids, would I critique Sarah the same way as Kaylee? Um, would I critique this person? <laughs> well, the in delivery would be much different. <laughs> right, <but. laughs> right. Very different kids. But that's, I mean, that's something that I constantly ask. And that's, I mean, some critiques that I've even been given in my life, I've had to roll off my shoulder and toss them away because I'm like, you know what? They never would have said that to me if I were a man. Mm. That's real. That's real. And and my, my thing is like with receiving and giving now, there's only a level of critique that I'm willing to give to people who are like outside of like what I would call my community. Yeah. Like there's only, there's only a level mm -hmm. at this phase 
that I'm willing to give. Like, I love you with the love of the Lord, but like, yeah. I'm just not everybody's pastor. Like, just because yeah. like just because I'm like more accessible than maybe your pastor, that doesn't mean that like, yeah. So like the level of critique I will give becomes different. And like with receiving it too, I don't want to receive critique outside of accountability. So like Ooh, yeah. if you're not gonna like help me and hold me accountable, mm-hmm. then don't give me like hard critique. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. Cause I feel like that in many senses is irresponsible. And that's why for me, like I'm very hesitant in this phase and like giving like very hard critique to people who I know I don't have like the space to like hold accountable in deep ways. So my like, because I feel like my hardest critique is like some of my deepest love and like mm-hmm. in giving that love, it's like, no, nah, I need to like, make sure I'm there to like check on you and hold you yeah. accountable and like help you get to where like you're on the other side of this. So yeah, for me critique in community is best because it like is coupled with accountability. Well, I think, I think an element of this too, and I think it goes along with what you're saying is that part of the reason we are um, poor at critiquing, but most especially poor at receiving critique is because of this, this terrible, terrible word that we use often called self-preservation. Like self-preservation is what needs checked when it comes to the difference between critique and being a hater, because self-preservation, again, going back to, to giving says like, I, I need to be, I need to be right on this one. Right. I can't give the appearance that that I would be wrong, but like in receiving, um, we are so defensive or fearful of what people will say Mm -hmm. um, that we can't even hear the truth in what they're saying. And I was just talking to somebody about this literally yesterday. I think a lot of times as uh, presenters, as speakers, we, uh, because of self-preservation, we say things in a way as if we're already on the defensive Mm -hmm. before anyone's even critiqued us because we're so afraid of what they're going to say. We talk on the defensive. Mm. Like we slap people in the face with all we know, because in our minds, we're afraid that they're going to find fault in something we said and they want to poke a hole in our argument. And so we, we present on the defensive, which I think personally it's ironic because I think when we present on the defensive, it invokes the other party to be a hater. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that, um, that makes me think of you know something that something that um, that you used to say, Rachel, of of when you were debating on whether or not to like share something that you wrote, yeah, or when you were debating on whether or not like you should speak on a on a particular stage. Your we I remember we're talking about how like it's scary to put yourself out there like that because we know. Not just in not just in in our field, um, but everywhere. Like the more you put yourself out there as a writer, as a speaker, as somebody who is good at anything that you do, the more vulnerable you are to critique and to people who just want to be haters. Yeah, hundred percent. So on the so you guys brought up uh, receiving receiving critique. Uh, and that just 
begs the question, I think, how do you discern if the person sitting across from you is a hater or they're for you? Because sometimes, I mean, listen, let, let's, let's be 100% real. Judas sat at the same table as the rest of the disciples. Judas received a, a foot washing from Jesus and then turned around and sold him. And then came and betrayed him with a kiss. Yeah. And so, so how do you discern? How do you discern if what's coming at you is constructive criticism or just a hater? Well, I think I would just reiterate what James says. I think it, I think it came back. It comes down to like my relationship with that person, and sometimes proximity doesn't necessarily determine the depth of our relationship. Or if it does, that also means like so because Jesus lived in close proximity to Judas, he knew Judas was on that. Like mm. like he knew what Ju Judas was going to do. So I would say like it just comes from from learned uh, experience with the with the person in close proximity because. Um, so like, I know James. And so I know that if he's correcting me on something, I know his most natural is to, is to not correct me. <laughs> so I know because of our relationship that if he says something or he cares enough to say something correcting towards me, I need to listen to that. Cause he's not being a hater. He's, he's genuinely looking out. Now I have other friends, even people that I consider brothers that if they say something to me, I'm not 100% sure all the time where like which filter that's coming out of. They could be given a little a little bit of a little bit of shade and a little bit of hate just to make themselves feel better. Like we have brothers like that. It's so like it you know it it is it is what it is. Um but I choose to take to heart and listen to the ones that I know are coming from coming from the right posture. I told somebody once, like when you, after you get done speaking, it's never as bad as you think it was, but it's also never as good as the people who come up to you right after tell you it was either. Like you need to find those few people in your life that you live in close proximity to, um, that, you know, like I'm going to take to heart what that person says, um, and so it doesn't bother me if some random person in the audience who does not know me went on Twitter and it used to bother me, right? I, mm -hmm. And we're, you guys looked at each other because you know exactly there's a specific instance that, <laughs> that I'm referring to. Like it no longer bothers me if somebody, uh, some random audience member comes around on Twitter and, you know, hates some of the things I say, because the reality is they don't know me like that. Mm -hmm. And if they did know me like that, they wouldn't talk like that. And I know that to be true because that same person who was once a hater now lives in close proximity to us <laughs> because now they know it's like that and they don't talk like that anymore. So right, man. that's for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To look back at church history, like when the schism happens in 1054 and like the East and West go in different directions in the Orthodox church stays east and the catholic and then soon to be four or five hundred years later protestant church in the west what happened was a divorce in philosophy like the west leans into information like the east leans into examination and i think as western christians it would do us a lot of good 
to lean a little bit less into information and a little bit more into examination, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like examining ourselves and examining our hearts. So I think if we're across from someone and we hear the critique, I don't think it hurts at all to like commit that to prayer, Mm -hmm. examine ourselves and say, yo, like, is that me? Yep. Ask the people closest around you, like, hey, like, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Yep. Is this is this true of me? And then to say, okay, if it is true, all right, this person, like, even if it seemed like it was out of a hateful spirit, there is something here that I need to commit to repentance and I need to believe and walk in the opposite direction. Or, you know what? I don't feel like this. No one else around me feels like this. I've prayed and I don't feel peace about what happened. Mm -hmm. That person was being a hater. I think it's the same for me with like prophecy. Like, hey, I'm I'm real, real talk connected with my roots now. Like Mm -hmm. somebody please prophesy to me. I I Mm -hmm. want to be prophesied to. (laughs) But I think with prophecy, like you test it first with the scripture, like can't believe I'm going to quote Calvin on here. Like Calvin says the language of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Scripture. They don't say different things, right? Mm-hmm. So you test it by the litmus of the Scripture, and then you put it on a shelf. And if it comes to pass, dope. If you see it happening, dope. If mm-hmm. not, it was bad pizza. If not, they were yeah. profiling. Yeah, they were profiling. <laughs> profiling. It was bad pizza. So I think, like, it would do us well to, like, lean into examination and like self-reflection. I think a question that I often ask myself, um, and I need to say it this explicitly, a question that I wish more people on social media would ask themselves is, can I let this person live? Like, can I let them live? So when I see somebody's post and it's outrageous and it bubbles up inside of me, something that i don't want my children to see can i let it go can i let them just be or is this really something that needs corrected and if it is what is the best approach what is the best time and what is the best method of delivering said critique and i'll give you a hint (laughs) it's never in the comment section (laughs) on social media amen man cannot change another man's heart in the comment section in the comment section on facebook that is proverbs (laughs) uh 32 (laughs) verse (laughs) one no amount of paragraphs in the comment section is going to rip the confederate flag down off of anyone's heart amen and that, and that wow and that is what i've had it's what i've had to learn man like especially the last year i'm like that's not i'm like man that's that's in their heart that's what they believe and if they want to be in proximity like you talked about it with jesus if they want to be in proximity if they want to rock in community check this out sit at my table because at the table of jesus there is simon who is a zealot, and there's Matthew, who's a tax collector. Mm-hmm. They would want to kill each other. The only setting in the first century world 
where they would sit at the same table is with Jesus and then in his mm-hmm. church. So, you know what? Like, if you want to sit at the table, there is a chair for you at the table. Mm-hmm. But, like, social media is just not the table. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the table. You brought up Judas. <clears throat> Judas had ample opportunity to not be a hater. Right? Yeah. Right? But he did it anyway. Yeah, all the way up to the last second. And take, take a lesson. If you catch yourself... Like the three of us recording this in many instances, if you catch yourself being a hater, take a lesson from Judas. All being a hater actually does is bring out and rile up the other haters. Mm -hmm. So because Judas was a hater, because Jesus, or sorry, because Judas carried out what was in his hater heart to carry out, then other people full of hate directing it towards the person of Jesus were allowed to carry out the hate in their heart, which ultimately resulted in an innocent man being beaten and crucified because of the hate in everyone else's heart, Mm -hmm. not because of anything he did. All being a hater is going to do is bring up and rile up the other haters And in the name of Jesus, please, we don't need any more to be coming out of the woodwork than what we've already got. In the name of Jesus, please stop being a hater. And you know what? I think it's like a spiritual discipline. I'm going to start doing this. My homie Marcus does this well. Marcus, if you listen and shout out, big homie, like he does this well, like that dude shows so much love. Mm-hmm. And I think especially in this like cultural moment, like, man, make a practice out of showing love. Show love. The people in your camp, mm-hmm. like show love towards them. Yep. Repost. Yep. Uh, yeah. Encourage them. Send text messages. Cook like, them dinner. Cook dinner. Like show love, man. Like. That's so funny you say that because I tried to make it a practice um, starting at the beginning of 2020 when like, well, not the beginning, a year ago in March. Um, as we were so separated from all of our communities, um, I tried to start making it a practice of every time I thought of someone, every time I thought something good, I texted it to that person. Yep. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to, who knows when I'm going to see them. Right. And so now it's just become a practice. Like when I think something good, if I'm flipping through story, like, you know, people's stories on Instagram, and I'm like, man, she looks great in that picture. I will literally message her and be like, that is a great photo of you. You are very photogenic. Like, whatever it is. I, I just said that to somebody. That's why it's in my head. <laughs> I literally just did that. Um, but, no, I, that's exactly, like, and I've learned that from the way that Marcus does that to me. That's right. When I need a word of encouragement, <clears throat> 10 times out of 10, I'm texting him. There you go. And, and here's and here's the thing. Peter says it. Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Like, yeah, lo- love. Yeah. So the next time you get the urge to be a hater, show somebody love, please. Shout out to Marcus for being a beacon of positivity in our in our world. Shout out to Big Home. Shout out to Nate for the dope haircuts he consistently he consistently gives out. <laughs> that a compliment that you thought of just wanted it, to was, it was it was because he said he, yeah like like man if your barber gives you a dope haircut don't post a selfie 
to show how good you look, shine a light on your barber because he's making you look better than you act. Shout out God to Nate. Barber. Troy, I know you're not listening, but big. <laughs> Homie, I love you, man. And, and John Harper, I love you too, dog. <laughs> All right. Bless up. Bless up.